As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello, are you in? Hello, in you come. Nice <laughs> to see you. How are you? How are you doing? Good to see you. Yeah. So it's Monty here for this episode of On Farm. In you come, got the kettle on. Oh, very good, very good. And we're at Balkillo Farm with the doyen of Scottish agritourism. Is that the right way to describe you, Caroline? Been described as various things, but yeah. My name's Caroline Miller and yeah, I farm with my husband here at Bokello Farm and North Bludgeon Farm in the Sidlow Hills. We're just round the table. It's lovely to be back on a farm, round a farmhouse table. We've not really been able to do this a lot. A lot of our recordings in the last goodness, two years nearly have been on Zoom. So it's nice to be at a farmhouse table with Caroline and also her neighbour, Hi, I'm uh, Ewan Baird and I've got a beef, uh, sheep and organic hen farm over at uh, Scottsdale, the other side of from Caroline here. We are wholly organic and we have been for a very, very long time. And we very much believe in the organic ethos of doing things and uh, hopefully that makes our farm a more interesting place for people to come and see. And I'm just a way to, uh, along with my wife uh, Jenny, to open up an agritourism business where we've got people will hopefully come and stay and enjoy the, the farm even more. That's at uh, Greenford Farm, which is next door to us. So, uh, yeah, we've been producing um, free-range organic eggs since uh, 1999. We were the first ones in Scotland to do them commercially, and we sell them all over Scotland. Uh, you can buy them at the farm as well. They get sold in Edinburgh and Glasgow and Dundee. There's many of the cafes in Dundee really enjoy them. They, they love the fact that they're local. People are not as bothered about organic, as long as it's definitely local, but when they taste the difference, they really do enjoy them. So, and we've got about 5,000 hens that are running around uh, our farm and amongst apple trees and various other things. So We're here in the, the Sidlow Hills, kind of edge of Dundee. And, and I think that's, I guess that's why you guys feel so strongly. Obviously, Caroline's got her Go Rural Scotland agritourism fleece on and, and, and thinking of it that way. But, but you're in, you're in a, a hotspot for, for walking and access taking and, and people coming through your farm a lot responsible access in the countryside. Is that is that how you want to put it, you? Yes, aye, just making people understand uh, what is sort of asked of them for their actions in the countryside so that they can enjoy it and we can enjoy having them here as well. At the moment, you've got a lot of, a lot of walkers in the area anyway. Uh, so the, the hill in between Carl and myself is Octahouse Hill, which is the focal point that everyone goes to. It's got the cracking viewpoint. There's a, an old historic hill fort on the top, and that is the, the one that draws people in to go and see that, uh, that particular hill. So that's a huge draw for the public to go up in. Between our farms is, is a community woodland, so it's great to have that resource. There's a good car park there. There's lots of paths. 
um, there's a route right up the top of the hill and then you can access either of the farms from that community woodland. So, you know, it's an amazing resource for the public to come on to the Sidlaws, really. I, I'm, in, I'm enjoying this cup of tea and biscuits around the, the farmhouse table here and I'm not going to drag myself and producer Jack up to the top of the hill, but describe describe it. Octor House Hill, is that a viewpoint for Dundee, is it? I absolutely love it. I mean, I was brought up um, in what I thought was the most beautiful part of Scotland between Borgowrie and Dunkeld, but married my husband Ross and, and came here to Angus. And, and the view from the top of the hill is just stunning. The Cairngorm Mountains to, to the north and the Angus Glens, um, you're looking out east to right to the North Sea. You can see the River Tay as it weaves down towards the city of Dundee. Right into Dundee, you can see um, the law and the oil rigs and the poor and, you know, everything that's going on in the city only a few miles away. And then you look right down south in, into Fife. It, it's absolutely stunning up there and you can just be up there and even when there's lots of walkers around, you, you, don't, you feel like you're on your own. But a real perspective of the geography of the whole area here. What I like is uh, from the top of our hill, you can actually see right through to Shahalian. And so basically, if you look on a map of Scotland, when you see the midpoint of Shalyn, it's almost like the middle of Scotland. So if you see the top of that, then you're seeing, then you're only seeing to the other side of Scotland. So it sort of gives perspective of how small a wee country we actually are when you're viewing it from our hill looking across. So. Caroline, Scottish agritourism, it's all about having people on farms in the countryside. Your message is obviously come here. Absolutely. We want to welcome people to come to the countryside from our towns and cities, other rural people that live already in the countryside with us and also visitors coming to Scotland. We want to welcome them, but we want them to be safe when they're here and we want them to help us keep our livestock safe and keep our, ourselves safe and um, also to look after the countryside to make sure it's left looking beautiful for everyone else. What do you mean by safe? Well, meaning that sometimes you could... Get into a situation, for example, if you weren't aware, you know, say at calving time, for example, where you've got cows that are very protective of their calves. Personally, I wouldn't get into a field with cows unless they were my own cows that I know. That, that's a really good point. I'm, I'm just jumping in on that because I'm a farmer, albeit a sheep farmer, but I, I wouldn't go in amongst someone else's cows that I didn't know, especially with a dog. We're not really just here telling the public, get off my land and, and, and don't go in amongst my cows. We wouldn't go in amongst someone else's cows because you just don't know. And it is about keeping safe. I mean, you and you, you want to come in on that? They're not actually as bothered about people as much, but the dog certainly is seen as a threat. And that is what the cow will then go towards. And often your dog will cower behind you and the cow will uh, unfortunately go through you to get to the dog. And all of it is, is about being safe in the fields and making sure that uh, if there's a path to go, round and down the side of these fields instead of going through it that would be the better option it's working your route and picking it sensibly caroline this is about safety and responsibility as as you as a, an agritourism provider and representing agritourism providers because ewan says the cow will go through you to get to the dog do we need to get graphic about what going through you means it could be the worst well, i mean you know there are there have been sadly cases where cows have injured and very sadly sometimes there have been you know people who've been killed by, by cows. And we're not saying this in a way to kind of alarm people, but you made the point, Monty, about, 
you wouldn't enter kind of a field of cows and calves that weren't yours. We're just saying to people, you know, to be aware that it's much better to stay out of um, a field of cows and calves, particularly when there's young stock. And if you did find yourself in a field with cows, with your dog, the main thing you must do is release your dog from the lead and let your dog run away because the cows will make towards your dog, which will be able to hopefully run off. The worst thing you can do is kind of keep that dog on the lead. So that's an important information point that people should be aware of. You know, we want to, you certainly want to welcome people into the countryside, into these Sidlaw Hills here outside Dundee. It's not about don't come here and don't go in amongst those cows and calves and don't do this and don't do that. Hopefully, this is something you know, our listeners will take away from and, and learn something. We've obviously got a lot of farming listeners, but we've got a lot of people listening who might be might be listening while they're walking the dog, might be listening while they're out in the countryside that's unfamiliar to them. So that's what these messages are about. But but you and it's not just it's not just danger and it's not just um, cows and calves. Um, there's other things at play that, that people need to consider when they're out in the countryside. Basically, from March right through to May, there is a heap of ground-nesting birds that are here in the Sidlow Hills, uh, meadow pipits and skylarks, uh, chiff-chaff, things like that, that uh, if they get disturbed, if the nests get disturbed by a dog just running loose, then uh, often uh, the mothers will, the birds will not come back to those nests and those either chicks or eggs will be left abandoned. So there's things like that that can happen, which uh, nobody wants. These are the sort of things to look out for. There's defined paths that everyone can walk on but it's when people decide to take shortcuts and go through areas and if we leave lots of wild space for birds and animals and that then there's plenty plenty space for everyone you know that is a real thing now that it's not just crops that you're going to see in the countryside there's areas left for wildlife there's wildlife margins around fields and sometimes people might think oh if i just walk around this margin i'm not doing any harm but as you say march till may could be easily be a ground nesting birds in those areas. Yeah, and the important fact is it's leaving you an awful long time of the year to be able to walk in these areas. So it's only a short period, short window where you have to keep the dog on the lead and try and do the best for everyone. So it's not we're not asking for it to uh, you have to always do it. So yeah, we sound like we've got a real thing against dogs, Caroline. Yeah, I mean I'm the biggest dog lover. I'd say my dog's one of my favourite things in life and yeah it's not absolutely not about that I mean when we're talking about the cows we're specifically trying to make sure that you're keeping yourself and your dog safe and I mean I think the other thing is just in general worrying livestock and that means that we know when your dog is off the lead it can think it's going to play by you know jumping into a field full of sheep for example and playing with them but actually that is worrying livestock which is something which can cause real harm to sheep and people might not know that Um, and that's what we're trying to explain to people because as a dog lover uh, my dog jumped into Ewan's field of sheep and started chasing them and they're pregnant I could end up in quite a lot of bother you know now as of March 2021 there was a new livestock worrying legislation went, went through which could see penalties of up to £40,000 or 12 months imprisonment for livestock that's chased or injured by dogs. Ewan, as a farmer yourself, some of these images that we see on social media of sheep that have been attacked, worried by dogs, they're horrific. They're 
terrible scenes that nobody wants to see and often you have to call out vets in order to have to put down these livestock that are never going to be able to recover and nobody wants that at all not the owner certainly usually what the comment is that the dog said the dog owner says that oh my dog never ever chases sheep right up to the point where it goes off and chases sheep now i think on our farm here up at north bludgeon we go to the highest point in the sidlows and between you and i's farm we have the community woodland so that's a great place to to come and take your dogs but we have had dogs run out of the community woodland into our sheep and we have had cases of of sheep not just being chased but being quite brutally kind of injured and and having to be put to sleep and I think you know actually seeing the distress on the dog owner's face and when they realize their dog is is going to have to get put to sleep for what the dog has done as a dog owner myself it would just break my heart to think that you know, for the sake of having your dog on a lead at that kind of lambing time, you've now lost your dog. And I mean, this isn't sounding like a particularly cheery podcast, but I think that, you know, we're really keen as the sort of sector that's trying to bring people to the countryside just to try and bring some of these things out in the open that we can have an honest discussion about. We want you to come here. We want you to be safe. We want your dog and you to go home safe and for us to be left with our livestock in a great healthy condition. As the, the, the sector body who that are, you know, encouraging people to come into the countryside and stay in the countryside and stay on farms and visit farms and enjoy farms, I think it's brilliant that you're making this effort to promote, you know, responsibility. Responsibility in the countryside, what else does that cover? I mean, it covers a wide variety of things. Uh, not everything we can probably cover here, but it cover something as very basic as, as closing gates. Can I come in on that, Caroline? Because uh-huh. I was taught it's not closing gates. Is, is it not leaving gates as you find them? On our farm, hopefully most of the gates are closed <laughs> if you find them because usually they've got stock in them. But yeah, I would say that what we're trying to do is explain why yeah. we need gates yeah. left as we yeah. found them yeah. or mostly closed behind them. And that is, you know, simple things like livestock can get out onto roads and can be injured. You can have males and females that you're trying to keep apart and do different fields coming together. You could have unplanned pregnancies at the wrong time of year with the wrong mixture of stock. And and also it just causes a lot of time pressure for farmers who are extremely busy and we have to go and, and kind of stop what we're doing and go and find stock and things. And it, it just helps us greatly when, you know, a simple thing like that is, is done. It's really, really helpful. And that's what we're trying to do through Go Rural. We're trying to explain why we'd like something done, not just say, do this, do that. One of the other ones of responsible use would be where you actually park your cars when you come up to enjoy the countryside. Now, we've always found it was far helpful if people actually came and asked us is it okay to park there or not? Because people often just park in gateways and that happens to be a field that I need into and suddenly you've gone off on your nice walk and I can't access that field for my job. So I would much prefer it if you actually came and used the either used the public car parks that are marked or if, you, if they're all full, then come and speak to someone and see where it is you can park so that you again are uh, using the countryside responsibly. I would imagine that most farmers... If you approached them and said, I really want to have a walk over here, I want to, I'm heading that way or, or whatever, this is, what a lovely day, do you mind if I park over there or where would you advise me to park? Much, much better than slam the brakes on at a gateway that you want to get into the field, you can't get into the field and you're, yeah, job scuppered for the day. 
you know, when, when people come up to our farm, we will explain to them where a nice path and a nice walk to go because they'll go, oh, I want to go up to Kinparney Tower, so then, but I don't really know how to get there. So then you point them in the routes and you say, there's these gateways in that way. And yeah, and then they come back from their walk and they go, oh, that was fantastic. The route that you told us to go was exactly where it was. And yeah, you, so people would you do like enjoy. To buy a dozen eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I have plenty of organic free range eggs for sale. Do you, do you get a lot of um, walkers coming over your farm? Where we are in our bit, we have people that pass through our bit. So we're fortunate enough not to have an awful lot of people that come up and park, but they do come through and then pass on through down into the village of Oct House. So, uh, so we're kind of in between everyone's walk uh, rather than at either end of the walk. Do you enjoy it? It must be quite nice to have some interaction some days with people that are interested in what's going on. It's always nice to speak to people who want to get out and enjoy the countryside. We get to enjoy it every day of our working life. So... We want to share that with other people as well. And when they engage and talk to you and ask you about things, it's it's nice to, uh, yeah, talk to them and explain what we're doing and what we're about. Caroline, essentially, that's that's what you're all about, agritourism side of things. Yeah, no, absolutely. We all feel great when we've been out for a nice walk. It's good for your physical health. It's good for your mental health. Being around green space. These are things, you know, anyone should be able to take advantage of. I mean, the, the Go Rural campaign that we're running just now, about trying to encourage people to come from urban areas um, or cities and towns and, and to go rural and to visit Scottish farms. I mean, that is about making sure that, you know, the countryside is for everyone. I guess we're trying to just explain to people who might not be in the countryside very often how they can help us keep the countryside, you know, in the best shape possible and to kind of stay safe and things. So farmers are, are guardians of the countryside. We make sure the landscape looks as beautiful as it does. We have the biodiversity, the cows and calves here, the sheep, the the vegetables that are grown, all the sort of tapestry of the countryside is because, you know, nearly 80% of Scotland is farmland. So absolutely, we want people to to come here and enjoy it. But we need to have a conversation with them. And that's why we're trying to do this podcast to say, come here and enjoy it. But by the way, here's some stuff you might not know. And we'd like to kind of have, have a conversation with you. I mean, the other angle to that is come and enjoy it, come and see the beauty spots and, and appreciate that and, and what have you. But actually, it's a place of work and it's also, it's food production. So a field that you might look at and think, oh, I could just wander across that nice grassy field and what have you, it's producing food. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of people see all green fields and think, well, that just looks like my lawn, so I can walk on that. But uh, it might be crops or it might even a grass field is actually a crop grown for our winter feed for our cattle and our sheep. If you trample through it, then it damages it and it's uh, not such a productive crop for us. So other crops as well at certain growth stages look like grass, but in actual fact, later on, they then turn into your wheats and your barleys. And so we need them not to be trampled as well. So... There's plenty of paths and tracks and roads and access points and the Sidlaw Path Network has marked up ones in, in our area and uh, the Angus Council did a good job actually with putting in many gates and stuff uh, for people to walk through and, and mark routes for them. So, you know, if you stick to these, there's plenty of places to go and enjoy the countryside. It's food production and it's, again, it, you know, on to dogs, maybe dogs again, maybe we're giving dogs an unfair um, bashing in this episode, but... You would pick up your poo, or at least I would hope you'd pick up your poo on, on a, in a street. Probably should be looking to do the same in a, in a field. Another thing people might not realise is if, you know, say you've got a, a grass field which is the food for our livestock, whether it's food 
through the, the summer when they're in the field or made into silage for the winter time, which is is given to them in the winter time. Um, if you have dog poo in there, um, there's serious bacteria within that dog poo which can cause you know very bad illness or or even death in in cattle for example so yeah picking up your dog poo when you're out in the countryside not just to avoid other people standing it but also to avoid it being ingested by animals is essential and you know just because you're in a big wide open space and it doesn't look like there's anything for miles you know something could eat that poo and be very ill from it a real bugbear of mine and I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that this is not a pod all about thou shouldn't, thou shouldn't, and what have you. But my goodness, the folk that pick up their poo and then leave the bags hanging on the trees. Well, I mean, what do they expect? Is the poo fairy supposed to come? I mean, what's going on there? We've had a big issue with that in the past in the, in the community woodland. I'll never understand in a million years what somebody is doing with that. It's just kind of beyond me why somebody would even think to do that. Ewan, we're giving these dogs a hard time. Let's move on from dogs. But one more thing about that was, I don't know if you guys have heard of this. I, I think it was something that I, I, I read, maybe producer Jack was on about it, that you shouldn't let your dog swim in a pond if it's recently been treated for fleas or worms or whatever, because some of that chemical can end up in the water. So the, the pour-on drops that you put on their backs of their coats and it uh, it soaks into the skin of the, the dog, then that chemical can come out, in instance, when the dog is splashing around in waterways and the chemical can then go in and affect fish or whatever's in the waterways and do damage there. We seem to be giving dogs an awful hard time. But yeah, can, we, can we move on and talk about cats or something like that? <laughs> Don't bring your cats with you to the countryside. You'll just lose them. <laughs> McDonald's. Am I allowed to say that on this podcast? Yeah, why not? Why have McDonald's not got car registration numbers stamped on their bags when they do a drive through Because I'm sick of finding McDonald's bags at the side of the road as people drive past me. I don't think it's just McDonald's, but you're right. There is a lot of fast food litter, but all types of litter really could be tin cans or, or whatever it is, either thrown out of car windows or people are out walking or whatever and they, they kind of drop the litter instead of putting it in their bag and, and taking it home with them. So I think, you know, the countryside in Scotland is a stunningly beautiful place, which we are so pleased and proud to, to live here. But it's so distressing when you see litter scattered along roadsides or, or anywhere. And it also is something that can injure wildlife and and livestock as well if it if it's eaten so we definitely encourage people to to pick up litter to take their litter home with them or to to put it in a bin it sounds like a basic thing but yeah i think there should be more done to to be able to trace fast food takeaways in particular but it takes a lot of effort as well to go around and we go around and kind of pick up the litter alongside our roadside because we've got a five-star tourism business here and it's not a good first impressions when they're arriving at the farm and they're either seeing litter or or people that have dumped lots of rubbish so we maybe need to go back to the days of the the television adverts and the school education you know i personally it's a bugbear of mine because i think there was a time when when we were younger when there was litter and then I, I seem to remember, it must, be, it must have made a big impression on me, there was like campaigns and what have you when we were at school. And then litter didn't seem to be a thing after that. And that's why, personally, I do blame the, 
the fast food takeaways and what have you, because that is what I now see as being litter. We had people there coming up and enjoying our hill through the back there. They go up while camping, and it's fantastic. They bring their tents, and they want to go and enjoy the outdoors, and that's what it's all about. And they bring camping chairs and all of their bottles of drink, and they carry all this heavy stuff in. And this one group decided that they would, the best way would to get rid of it all was to set fire to it rather than take it home. And so all of the metal frames of the, the camp chairs and all of the cans and the bottles and stuff were just left half burnt in the bottom of this fire that I then had to go and tidy up because it's away in the middle of nowhere and no one else was going to do it. It's great. Yeah, it's great. I, I, again, you know, going back to things you see on internet, but, you know, you want to look at, like, the banks of Loch Lomond and what have you, where they've had wild parties or whatever it is. It's grim when you see what's left behind. If everyone just tidies up behind them, you know, leaves no trace, you shouldn't actually be able to see where you've been in the countryside or in the town. You know, you wouldn't... It's the same, you know, wherever you live, you don't want wherever you live to, to look terrible. So, I mean, we're just asking people to take litter home with them, to, to be responsible and to keep it looking amazing so that they can come back and enjoy it, but also other people can enjoy the countryside. Because, you know, Scotland... The, the old campaign was keep Scotland beautiful, but I mean, Scotland is beautiful and that was a good campaign. That must have stuck with me, but I'll tell you, we'll maybe throw this back at ourselves or I'll throw it at you guys actually. Do you not think that some farmers don't really do us any favours either with black silage wrap lying about and lick buckets getting blown around and yeah, it's been windy, it's been a windy winter, but you know, we maybe ought to, as an industry, tidy up after ourselves a little bit more as well. That is possibly fair. The only thing is we do, under the quality assurance schemes, we do have to recycle all our black plastic and that, so it should technically be tidied up and the tubs and everything in order to to keep producing the meat at the high standards we're doing. All of these things have to be taken into consideration. So, And a lot of the plastic is getting reused and turned back into picnic tables and stuff. There is a thriving industry in that uh, for recycling the plastic. So hopefully the, those sort of farmers are, are waning now and we're getting better at it. Take yourself off the fence for a minute. There are folk. We need to challenge them just as much as the dog walkers. I am not in any way, because it's a beautiful part of the world. I'm not casting any aspersions on your neighbours, but you must drive around some bits of the countryside and think, what are they doing there? They wish they would tidy that up. Or it can't have been that windy for that long to blow that all over the place. I mean, I do, I do think that... I mean, we're trying to, to work with different agritourism businesses. So these are farmers who who have uh, farm stay accommodation, do farm tours or welcome people for the day or, or to have a farm shop. And a lot of the work that, that we do is to, to do a sort of consumer first set of eyes on their business. So we'll, we'll do an online look at their business about how a potential visitor would see their business or somebody that was going to spend money with them. And then I'll drive to their farm and drive in the drive and go to stop and go into their farm shop and see what kind of warm welcome I get. And so there are there are farms where, you know, the first thing you see when you come through the gate is 20 grand's worth of scrap metal. And you just think, well, you know, I have fed that back saying we are working farms, we are places of food production and, and we're not, um, it's not Disneyland um, we do need to be authentic farms. We don't need to be all kind of pristine to the highest standard. But the first thing you shouldn't see is a pile of scrap metal and bale wrap about 20 feet high. So I think there are things that, you know, you want to go to somewhere that is tidy and looks nice. So you're right. We have a responsibility too to keep the countryside looking good. 
It's really interesting to have this chat, isn't it? Because we're about encouraging people to come into the countryside and enjoy the views and enjoy the places. I guess most people probably, let's say a massively high percentage of people that want to come walking in Scotland are going to go north of here, aren't they? They're going to go basically your highlands and islands and your glens and your Ben Nevises and your Monroe bagging, etc. And you, you can get a perspective up up there, four miles, did you say, six miles out of Dundee? Yeah. You get a perspective and you see corners of Scotland, you can see everything. When you're through in the back of uh, Greenford Hill and you're there and you're surrounded by Scots pines and there's uh, various, there's, there's black grouse and red grouse and then play away, you could be in the middle of the highlands and you are only a few miles out of Dundee. So it is quite impressive how uh, it's a beautiful wee spot in there. I think historically we've kind of marketed Scotland internationally with the honey spots, you know, with the come to Loch Ness, come to Skye and Loch Lomond and things. And these are absolutely beautiful areas. But I think, you know, there has been a lot around over tourism in some areas. And so I think we're in Angus here. And as I say, it is absolutely a beautiful, natural kind of spot with just the space and the greenery and the stunning views. And the beach is so close as well. I mean, we're, we've got Lunan Bay up in Angus. We've got various beaches right down the east coast. And then my favourite beach is Tents Muir, which I can see from the top of the hill, which is just across the Tay Bridge. So, um, you know, that's a, a lovely Scots pine forest and miles of natural beach. So I think we're very blessed to be in the place that we are. And we're only four miles from the city of Dundee, which is a great place for restaurants and the night out and... You know, our visitors here coming to stay at the Hideaway experience, they are, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes into a taxi, they can have that city experience. And the next morning they can be away walking up in the Sidlaws, sitting on their own, taking in the view of the Cairngorm. So I would say 90% of our guests go up the top of the hill. What a great point to raise. Looking at agritourism, you know, you've got members scattered all over Scotland and yes, the, the North Coast 500 and Sky and what have you, while we're talking about responsibility, people maybe need to think about that. You know, those honey spots, as you put it, are oversubscribed, they're overbooked, the, the impact is just, is just too great for them. But there's so many corners of Scotland that people can come and explore. I think the other thing is that many of our guests, you know, come by train. We're on the East Coast Main Line, you know, we're six hours from London, before COVID, we had a lot of guests coming up by train from London, but we had people coming from Leeds, Glasgow, Edinburgh, Aberdeen, and, you know, it's a short taxi ride or we can pick them up from the train station. So I think that combination of forms of sustainable transport, it's really important in the mix. Yeah, just to conclude on that, the main message from this is we really want to welcome people into all corners of the Scottish countryside. We want to welcome them onto farms, and so long as it's all done responsibly, the door's open. Absolutely. We're here and we're farming, but it's there for everyone to enjoy. The countryside is, is for everyone, but everyone has to do it responsibly. But once, you do, once you're there, there's so many things you can enjoy once you're here and so many different viewpoints and so many different experiences you can have. And yeah, so everyone should come and try it. And go rural. <laughs> and, and, and go rural, says Caroline, because Caroline, last word to you... You know, at the end of the day, I guess farmers need to think about people coming on to the farm, people passing through the farm, people walking through the farm, so long as it's all done responsibly. It's a shop window for our sector. These are your customers, these are your consumers, and it's key. Well, absolutely. So all 
members of Scottish agritourism that are involved with Go Rural are real working farmers. And, and as farmers and crofters, our primary function is to produce food and the ingredients for, for our drinks as well, um, not forgetting those. And, you know, what we are doing is bringing thousands of people onto Scottish farms and having those kind of lovely informal conversations, not only about please shut the gate, but actually here's our here's our Scotch beef, how this is our cows, this is how Scotch beef's produced, this is how we grow vegetables, this is how we grow strawberries. And having, you know, just really inspiring and, and having those conversations with people and listening to them as well about what food and drink they like and what they enjoy and what they need from us. So I think it's it's absolutely about Fundamentally, it's about building relationships between consumers, whether those consumers live five miles down the road or in our cities or, or further.